Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Monday, July 10, 2023. Larry Johnson joins us now. Larry, of course, a pleasure. Thanks very much uh, for your time uh, today. You know, just when we thought the Purgosian stuff was behind us, the Kremlin uh, announces that uh, President Putin invited Yevgeny Purgosian and its 35 senior commanders to come to the Kremlin, and they met. I haven't seen the photos, but apparently there are photos out there that the Kremlin has, uh, has put out. So what was this? Uh, a stunt, uh, a coup, a temper tantrum? Uh, it's increasingly looking like that Prigozhin was used by Putin and the intelligence service as bait for the West, and the West took the bait and swallowed it. Uh, because there was fully the expectation in, in the United States and in the United Kingdom that Prigozhin was going to march on the Ministry of Defense and overthrow Shoigu and Gerasimov and that Putin would be on his way out. They were really banking on that. And then it didn't happen. And so you, now the fact that Prigozhin's still walking around alive and, and he's being uh, uh, invited to this kind of meeting, that, that tells me that uh, he, he was a complete uh, tool. He was used and he was compliant in being used. I, I, um, I think the argument you make is a great, is a credible one. The fly in the ointment is he killed Russian soldiers. Well, yeah, he what, shot, he shot down helicopters and people died because of this. Yeah. Well, so what happened is when, so if you're, if you're staging a fake coup, Let's call it what it was. I mean, it was it, it appeared to be legitimate from the, from the outset. But you're not going to tell all your lower level guys, hey, guys, we're just kidding. We're not really going through with this. So some of the lower level guys may have acted on their own initiative. And, uh, you know, that got out of control. But but uh, the fundamental point remains that the Russian intelligence was aware of what what uh, Prigozhin was doing. They had prepositioned forces to interdict anything that the uh, the Wagner group would do. And, you know, I think it's, it's always the possibility that this got out of hand, but as you correctly note, these guys died. And, 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 and if it was, if, if Prigozhin was really a traitor, he'd be dead by now. The fact that he's walking around seems to, you know, confirm that uh, he was a ploy. He was a do, in, do uh, intelligence communities I use the word loosely, so I'm talking about the CIA, the FSB, uh, MI6, etc. Do they do these things to each other just to embarrass them, embarrass their adversaries? I mean, might 
The FSB have set up the CIA. So they had that briefing the weekend before and told the gang of aid in Congress, here's what's happening. It's a real coup. It's going to happen. We're not behind it. We know about it. We're not going to interfere with it. We're not going to warn Putin. And it turned out it was a dud in order to embarrass the CIA. No, embarrassment is just a peripheral, um, you know, let's call it, it, it just collateral benefit. Uh, the reality is the, the Russians were aware that Western intelligence agencies have been trying to subvert and destroy Russia. They recognize that the United States Intelligence Service is a hostile force, and they have to be prepared to deal with that. Um, the, and to that end, you know, their, their counterintelligence capabilities are far better than that of the United States. And so I'm not sure at what point they became aware of uh, Prigozhin's activities. Uh, I, I think Prigozhin was sincere in his desire to betray Russia initially. But he got flipped and became a cooperator. Uh, and to that end, it was not so much to, to embarrass the West, but to be, you know, to frustrate any attempt by the West to subvert Russia. And to, you know, and embarrassing them is just sort of a collateral benefit. Were those photos that we all looked at and which we showed here on uh, Judging Freedom last week that showed the raid of his headquarters and, and yeah. the discovery of gold bars and Prigozhin in a wig and a disguise. Was all that a fraud? No, no, no. I think I think it's real. Part of it is this is the price uh, Prigozhin is going to pay. You know, the, he will be stripped of his wealth or some of it. Uh, he gets to live. Uh, you know, that may be the deal. You know, you cooperate with us. We're not going to kill you, but we're not going to allow you to continue to uh, live in uh, unbridled luxury, uh, you're, there'll be some a price to pay. Uh, so that, you know, that also feeds into the public narrative of damaging Prigozhin's image and putting him in that category of these despised oligarchs. We're taking a look at some of the things that were found. I mean, this, this one now has the faces blurred, but it supposedly was severed heads. Uh, there's uh, weapons. We saw yeah. him in the in the disguises. There's gold bars. There's a Russian uniform with medals that he didn't earn. He has no mil personal military background. Ten billion Russian rubles. Can that be true? Yeah. No. I think I think it's very true. But what is fa what fascinates me about this is uh, I'll call it the Western obsession with Prigozhin, and it it it, it highlights. The, the erroneous belief in the West that the, the, the Russian military power boils down to the Wagner group. And so that whatever the Wagner group does, it's either a sign of Russian military strength or weakness. It, it really, uh, the, the, I think the Russians are happy to put Prigozhin and the Wagner group out there to just distract Western attention or to focus its attention on Wagner while they ignore what the actual military in Russia is doing. The Russian army is far larger and it's far better trained and equipped than the Wagner group. Well, Wagner is a very small operation by comparison, but you, you couldn't tell that if you look at the coverage in the West. They, they exaggerate the capabilities. What has become of the uh, Ukrainian spring offensive here the second week in July? <laughs> yeah, a bust. You know, it's the summer blockbuster that was promised and nobody showed up to buy a ticket for it. Uh, the, the, the amount of equipment that's being destroyed is uh, devastating to Ukraine. Even worse is the loss in manpower. They're being 
uh, killed and wounded in huge numbers. And they're not making any, any significant advances on Russian territory. Uh, you know, a few kilometers here or there, but they still haven't even reached the first line of defense. So that's what, uh, and in fact, it's gotten so bad, as Joe Biden admitted the other day, that the United States is finally going to, we're going to send 155 millimeter cluster bombs to the Ukrainians because we no longer have the ability to pr produce the conventional shell and Ukraine's running out of it. And so we got, this is all we have left. And it's a bunch of old ammunition that's been in storage and, and in contrast to the claims that, it, oh, it's going to be highly reliable. That's ridiculous. Here's uh, Admiral Kirby on cluster bombs. The president made the decision to send cluster munitions. They are banned in so many places around the world, including most of our allies. Why send them to Ukraine? Simple. This is about keeping Ukraine in the fight. You were just there. You talked to President Zelensky about the counteroffensive, and in some ways it's, it's not going as, um, as fast as he would like. Um, they are using artillery at a very accelerated rate, Martha. Many thousands of rounds per day. This is literally a gunfight uh, in, in all along from the Donbass all the way down towards Zaporizhia and Kherson. Uh, and so they're running out of inventory. Um, we are trying to ramp up our production of the kind of artillery shells that they're using most. But that production rate is still not where we want it to be. So we're going to send these additional artillery shells that have cluster bomblets in them uh, to help bridge the gap as we ramp up production of normal 155 artillery shells. So, it will so you're them sending in the fight. those cluster munitions because we don't have enough of the kind of munitions they need. That is right. Wow. Well, a couple of, a couple of <laughs> questions. How dangerous, how reckless Tony Blinken, Lloyd Austin, um, Jake Sullivan, Joe Biden, is it for us to have depleted our substantial American need for artillery weapons? Question one. Question yeah. two. Had you heard anywhere, Larry, before yeah. yesterday, Sunday, that the Russians were using cluster munitions in Ukraine? Yeah. No. The last question first, no. Uh, the Russians were not using it. it was, the U.S. was claiming they were using it as a propaganda ploy. Uh, but but now going about, back to the first question, the United States is, has stripped its industrial capability. And and Kirby's talking about, yeah, well, we're, we're ramping up to, to start producing. And you've heard uh, Jake Sullivan say the same thing. And I tell you what, by the end of next year, the United States will be in a position to, in one year, we'll be able to produce the amount of shells that Ukraine right now is firing in one month. So just do the math. In other words, the United States is never in the foreseeable future going to produce enough artillery shells to keep Ukraine in the fight. But you know what? It's going to become moot after December, I believe, because there is no way Ukraine can sustain itself in this combat operation with the loss of manpower and equipment that it's experiencing. Should you the know, Secretary of Defense resign if the president asks him to deplete the supply of an essential armament for the defense of the United States of America? Yeah, if he had any integrity, which he doesn't. So, uh, you know, the, the reality, Judge, you realize why, why the people ban this cluster munition? because the munitions themselves look like small balls. And mm. who picks up a ball to throw it? Kids. A child. Yeah. 
So it it is it's it's really it's it's a it's a horrendous weapon from the standpoint that when those bomblets fall, they don't all explode, and so it's laying around. And the kid kids being kids, they're going to pick it up and throw it. Some some adults may uh, may do so as well, but this largely is for kids. I, I mean, and, the, and, the, and that's the downside of it. Plus, these things. Uh, I think Scott, uh, you know, Scott was on your show recently, noting that. These ammunition, these pieces have been in storage for quite a while. And while they're insisting that, oh, yeah, they have a low failure rate, that's nonsense. They have a high failure rate, which means when it explodes, it's going to scatter a lot of these bombets that are not going to go off and that will pose a hazard. And you're going to have to have somebody, uh, you know, uh, explosive ordnance demolition teams go out to to try to clean those up. Here's uh, President uh, Zelensky uh, over the weekend being asked about the counter-offensive. What is your assessment of how the counter-offensive is going right now? All of us, we want to do it faster because every day means new losses of Ukrainians. We are advancing, we are not stuck in one place. We've already overtaken the initiative. Several months ago, in some places in the East, we had to retreat. In some other communities, we would regain lost ground, but it was kind of a stagnation, meaning loss of manpower and equipment. And of course, we would all like to see the counteroffensive accomplished in a shorter period of time, but there is reality. Today, the initiative is on our side. Sounded like he was being relatively candid until the last line there. It sounded like yeah. he knew he was losing, but was trying to put a good face on until he said he had the initiative. Have like Ukrainians even touched the first of the three rings of Russian defenses? No. And it's like that line from The Princess Bride, the movie, you know, Zelensky's using the word initiative. I don't think you understand what that word means. You know, he's speaking a word that that doesn't translate into the reality. They have not penetrated even the first line of defense. They have suffered massive casualties, not just minor, but massive casualties Uh, and equipment. I mean, even showing the video that was on uh, ABC, uh, you know, it was uh, it looked like a junkyard, a flaming, smoldering junkyard of tanks and armored personnel carriers that have been blown up. They don't have, the the reason the offensive doesn't progress is Ukraine does not have mobile air defense systems, mobile artillery and combat aircraft that can go up and create, pose a credible threat to the Russian entrenched forces. I mean, it's that simple. And so there's not enough lipstick in the world to paint this pink, Judge. What you said earlier is so um, terrifying to me. Does the American public realize uh, that the reckless foreign policy of the Biden administration has depleted the Defense Department? And you tell me if I'm overstating this, Larry. I know you'll be candid. Is depleting the Defense Department, there's Chris weighing in, uh, of, of an essential component, an essential weapon, an essential projectile needed to defend the United States? 
No, not, not a clue. In fact, the, the best evidence of that was an interview, a podcast that Ray McGovern did with a former NPR correspondent named Robert Shearer. Now, Shearer's in his 80s. But when Ray was just telling him the truth about what was going on on the ground in Ukraine, Shearer was, he was flabbergasted. No, 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 that's not true. Russia's losing. The majority of American people actually believe that Russia's losing, Ukraine's winning, one of these days, there's going to be a, a, a wake-up call where reality is going to intrude and they're going to realize they've been sold a pack of lies for the last 18 months. Let's get to uh, NATO. I'm going to have to get up and close the door since Chris Chris wants to get involved in this. Uh, were you surprised? I will step away for a second while you're answering. Were Sorry. you... Now he's listening to me. Were you surprised at the announcement over the weekend by President Erdogan of Turkey that he, in an unbelievable uh, backstabbing to President Putin, is now in favor of Ukraine becoming a member of NATO. Yeah, I was surprised by that. And it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's a sign of uh, Erdogan both, he, he keeps trying to play both sides of the fence and it's going to catch up to him at some point. Um, Russia, uh, it, it, I think it's probably grounded in, in, in anger in a couple of areas. One, he's angry at the Russians for because the Russians are crushing the Syrian rebels that Turkey has been backing. So these Islamic extremists that Turkey has been funding to try to overthrow the government of Bashar al-Assad, Russia's crushing them. And, and then on top of that, Russia signaled that it's, it's going to abandon the grain deal because the grain deal was being used by Ukraine to smuggle in uh, armaments and other things. So, you know, Russia is going to put a, put that to rest. So I think a little bit of this was peak on the part of uh, Erdogan, but you know, Erdogan I think has made a, a mistake. Uh, yeah. It's going to make him look better at the NATO summit because he had been under pressure to let in Sweden. So, you know, now he'll probably be able to keep up his, I'm not letting Sweden in because they uh, desecrated the Quran. Uh, but uh, he will be able to say, Hey, I look at everything I'm doing to support uh, Ukraine. I'm I'm going to build a, a a drone factory with drones that don't work. Uh, I'm going to you know, I want to, Ukraine to become a member of NATO right now. So you know it's just I think it's it's more for show for the West. Isn't he also looking for Turkey to become a member of the EU? Turkey's a member of NATO, but it's not a member of the EU. I can't imagine that happening. Yeah. But it, doesn't he want that? Yeah, which is what a bizarre request. Uh, you know, it, there, there was a time when the hell, it was cool to join the Hell's Angels, but now that you've got a bunch of 80-year-olds on motorcycles that uh, <laughs> have to wear pants, uh, that's not exactly the club you want to join, and that's exactly what Turkey's wanting to do. I mean, Europe is in decline. Europe is in trouble. Uh, you know, look at, they're facing some significant economic headwinds. Militarily, they're, they're a bust, because Turkey, Turkey has the second largest army in NATO, so Germany, France, and UK combined don't even match what Turkey has in terms of manpower. And they want to join that mess? Uh, it, it doesn't compute. Um, what is this uh, rumor that came out over the weekend that Turkey helped save high-ranking American officers trapped in Mariupol in mm -hmm. eastern Ukraine? Yeah, there were, all, there were always rumors circulating back when that battle was raging a year ago, May, uh, that there were high-ranking U.S. 
of officers there. I, I frankly, I don't give a lot of credence to it for, for just this reason. One, uh, just talking to friends who are still involved, there were never any hints whatsoever of any kind of concern about high-ranking U.S. Uh, officers uh, trapped at Mariupol, number one. Number two, if they'd actually been released, you can bet that somebody would have been talking about it. Just, right. you know, we're not just talking about one guy. If you've got three, four or more, the word is going to spread. The grapevine exists. And so I, I think this was more designed as part of a propaganda operation and information warfare to, to put out that message to suggest that Russia was actually cutting secret deals with the United States behind the scenes. Larry Johnson, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you thank so you. much for joining. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Judge. More as we get it. Colonel <clears throat> McGregor this afternoon. Jack Devine. I'm going to let him have it this afternoon as well. <laughs> Judge Napolitano for judging freedom.